We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All righty. Hey there, Knicks fans. How are we doing today? Let me turn the light on. It is your boy, John of the Macri, for day three of KFS Lunch Break. Um, I said, <laughs> talk about being, I'm just, I'm just very, very bad at predicting things. I said two days ago, well, Tuesday, we'll have some significant trade stuff to talk about by, or on Monday, rather, I said, we'd have some significant trade stuff to talk about by Tuesday. Uh-uh. Yesterday, I said, well, we'll definitely get some significant trade stuff to talk about, um, by today, uh-uh. give or take a, uh, a Josh Hart rumor. Um, so yeah, I mean, it really is all quiet still on the Western front. Um, some articles that have came, uh, that came about today from some various places kind of explaining why that is. And I think while I, uh, did open the show yesterday by talking about how I thought two teams, Toronto and Utah were really maybe holding things up. Um, yes. Thank you, Andrew. The Eastern front, excuse me. Uh, one big thing that I failed to mention that is a, a massive playing a massive role in all of this is, is Kevin Durant. And I think the fact that teams were at least as of yesterday, still a little uncertain as to whether Durant was going to be able to, was going to come on the market. Uh, maybe that held them off for some stuff, but even now, as it seems like Durant is going to be staying put, and Fred Katz did a great job writing about this for um, The Athletic today is how if teams think, OK, well, Durant's not going anywhere right now. Does that change in the summer? And so you may have some teams that would otherwise be inclined to make offers for certain players at this trade deadline want to you know, keep the powder dry for for several months from now. Now, I think that is more the OG Ananobi category of player and maybe less the, you know, Josh Hart, uh, you know, Jay, Jay Crowder, Eric Gordon, you know, pick your pick your trade candidate, like lower level trade candidate here sort of player. So I think we're going to get moves. I think we're going to get action. Um, but I, I still think there are teams that are just waiting to see what the, like, there's a few teams really that hold a lot of the cards. And also, and this has to do with the Portland rumor, and I, I kind of tweeted about this earlier today. I, I have to imagine that there's still uncertainty as to maybe how some teams are going to approach this deadline. You know, your Chicago's, your Washington's, your Portland's um, of the world. Even if you want to throw Utah and Toronto into that, like, you know, who knows? Maybe those teams, those teams aren't that far out of it. So we'll see what happens. Um, I'm going to get right to it because. Uh, I want to get as many questions in as possible. So let us get going with Jeff Clafter. I hope I pronounced that name correctly. Jeff, thank you. Uh, says, thank you, Mr. Macri, for doing these. Uh, please don't call me Mr. Macri, but I appreciate you saying thank you. Great content as always. Is Brooklyn about to make a big move? Um, as I get a Woj, not a Woj bomb, a Woj. Roach Firecracker, which I'll read in a second. Um, is Brooklyn about to make a big move? They just gave Kessler Edwards away, Fred Van Vliet incoming. I think Van Vliet is probably at this point the considered the most likely big name to move. And it seems like 
you got Brooklyn circling him. It seems like you got the Clippers circling him. I mean, Brooklyn has the ammo to get Van Vliet. The issue is going to be with in terms of contracts. So I think there's different ways they could put together enough salary to get Van Fleet. Obviously, the Simmons contract is just sitting there. Is that the worst deal in the NBA right now? Is it one of the three worst deals in the NBA? Would Toronto have any interest in trying to rehabilitate Ben Simmons? I don't know. But they have the draft equity to go get Van Vliet if they want. Do they want to do that? I mean, if you're not trading Durant and you're making a go of it this year, you're, you're not winning the championship with what you currently have. Uh, excuse me, Vin, uh, Dinwiddie. They could move Dinwiddie. Um, so, yeah, they have options. I don't know. I don't know. I, I think it makes a lot of sense for both of those teams to do that. Um, and personally, I like this Brooklyn team without Kyrie. Um, I like how they're playing. And if you put, if you give me Van Vliet next to Durant, Claxton's playing well enough. They're supporting pieces. They might be, they might be one guy short. You know, like a number three short or even like a number four short. I don't know. But yeah, I don't know. The Edwards, the, the Edwards move, I think, could have, was just maybe a tax, saving some tax money. So we'll see. Thanks. Good way to start us off, Jeff. Um, the Woj tree really tweet really quick. Apparently, Russ and Darvin Ham had a brief heated verbal exchange in the halftime locker room on Tuesday versus OKC. Ham expressed frustration with how Westbrook lingered on the playing floor after getting subbed out of the game late in the second quarter. So. Do with that what you will. Uh, Deacon D, first time super chatter, long time lurker. What's going on, Deacon? Thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Um, just wanted to offer up support because most post games are past my bedtime. <laughs> Be well, fellas. Deacon, I don't know if you're either very old or very young, either way, or maybe you just you like to go to sleep early. Um, either way, thank you for um, joining us and appreciate the support, really, truly appreciate it. Next up, Slay from Florida. What's going on, Slay from uh, Florida? Hey, Macri, great KFS insight over the last few days. Uh, why, thank you. Do you think we should trade OB at all? Last night didn't look good, and a Josh Hart swap may help our rebuilt rebounding while giving RJ time at the four. I think you, I think you phrased, I think you, you hit some of the parameters pretty well. Now, There's a lot going on here, right? There's there's a whole OB conversation, which is we, we've talked about a lot over the last few days. I don't think I need to rehash it. I talked about it with Ian Bagley yesterday on SNY. I think there is some merit to the idea of trading Obi Toppin now, if you can get some sort of commensurate value for him. As far as how he looked last night, I don't really care about that. He's a he's you know I know he's older, but he's still young in NBA terms, and I'm sure you know he's been hearing his name. I, I don't mind that he looked. A little off last night, and he still, by the way, made some winning, contributing plays um, that helped them win that game. So, you know, con- necessary context. Um, do I think this team is better with a backup five-man unit of Deuce, quickly, Josh Hart, R.J. Barrett? And I guess Isaiah Hardenstein after um, after Mitch comes back. Yes, I do. I think what you're losing in Obi Top and shooting, you're more than making up for in what Hart gives you in terms of just general activity. I mean, Obi's active, Hart's active in like a different way. His rebounding is spectacular. Um, he's really good. I know he doesn't shoot it well from outside. He's really good inside the arc. He's not a non-shooter. Like there's a difference between guys that like don't make a lot of threes or have low percentages from deep and like complete non-shooters. Like Hart's not a I don't consider Hart a non-shooter. That's just me. Others may disagree. That's just my opinion. Um I think they'd be better. And I think while this team does lack shooting and adding another guy who teams maybe don't have to respect on the three-point line would seem not to help that. I just think he's a good player. Like he's a good basketball player, and and I could tell you who else thinks he's a good basketball player is Tom Thibodeau. Just Google. I did it. Actually, I did it before because I'm going to write about it for the newsletter tomorrow. Um, Google Josh Hart, Tom Thibodeau, and and you'll find all of the wonderful things that um, Tom has said about Josh Hart over the years, and that Josh Hart has said about Tom Thibodeau. By the way, um, yeah, and like he's another like Josh Hart's a, a guy who could play 25, 30 minutes a night, 
and he would he would help their he would just help their depth generally. Um, you know, it leaves them without a true backup four. That's an issue if they trade Obi. And the money, it would have to be Obi plus something for the money to work out too. So like Obi and Cam saves the Blazers a little bit of money. Um, I don't know if that matters to them. Um, I think Portland would want to pick. I think Portland would want to protect the first round pick in that trade. If they even want it. And I say if they even want it because they're trying to win games. And I think swapping out Obi or Josh Hart for Obi Toppin and Cam Reddish and to protect the first round pick, I don't think that helps them win games this year. Maybe next year, year after that. But yeah, thanks, Slave from Florida. I was happy to get all the Josh Hart stuff out early because um, I think that's what's on everybody's mind. Yeah, Hart is a career 34% shooter from deep. Um, he hasn't been shooting them a lot this year. He's at 30%, but like after he got traded to Portland last year, he was putting up six attempts a game and he was hitting them at a 37% clip. Now, granted, that was only in 13 games. Anyway, uh, Slave from Florida also says, I have recently become a KFS patron. Must say you guys are second to none on the NBA coverage there. Recommend 10 out of 10. Thank you, man. Appreciate that. Dirty Dancer. Derek Rose to Milwaukee. Rumor was interesting. Hard to get that much salary back without Grayson coming. Could you see us giving them back their protected pick? I sure as hell hope. That we do not, it would it would be Grayson Allen plus a little bit of salary because great uh, Derek Rose makes a little bit too much. I sure as hell hope they don't do Grayson Allen and uh, you know I guess it would be Serge Ibaka or, or George Hill for. I'm not sure if Rose plus like Sfee works or if you'd have to waive Sfee to take in uh, the second player coming back from Milwaukee. I don't think they would. They're going to do that. Like Grayson Allen's not worth a protected pick. Um. Yeah, I, the more I thought about that, and and Jeremy talked about it a little bit on on our playback last night, our playback watch party. Um, Rose to the Bucks, their interest in Rose. I don't know if it passes the smell test to me. Like the Bucks are trying to win a championship. Do they think Derrick Rose is going to even if it's for ten minutes? Do they do they think Derrick Rose is going to give them ten to fifteen meaningful minutes in the playoffs? This season, like I, like I don't know. I mean, maybe they. I don't know. Maybe they do. But based on what you saw from Derrick Rose this year, do 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 you think Derrick Rose is gonna like is good enough to be given the Bucks that that amount of time? I I, I don't know. I don't know. Thanks, Thirty Dancer. Appreciate the question. Hamdm, what's going on, Hamdy? Hey, John. You hear that some of the groundwork for summer trades are done at this time. Uh, yes. Who talked about that recently? Someone said that to me on a podcast. But God, my, my brain is just mush. Absolute mush. Yes, that is a thing that people say. Uh, do you believe that the Knicks are planting any seeds? Yeah, for sure. I think the, I think the OG and an OB stuff is... It was Fred. I thought it was Fred, but then I couldn't. Fred taught. Listen, Fred says a lot of things. It's easy to get what Fred says confused. But thank you, Andrew. It was Fred Katz. Um, yeah, I think the OJ and Obi stuff for sure. Um, especially since it sounds like, and this is why I asked when I was on with uh, Ian and and Jake Fisher yesterday for us and why I got a chance to ask Jake a question. I, I asked him like, how much do you think like the like teams who are looking to maybe sit out the trade deadline and try to jump on OG Ananobi over the summer are worried that he's going to get moved now. And he kind of deflected it, but I mean, I think reiterated the point that the asking price for him is so high right now. I, I don't know that anyone's going to meet that, especially with the Durant thing hanging over. So in that sense, maybe, and again, speaking of Fred, he wrote about how the Knicks could potentially benefit by the, Teams waiting out Durant and jumping on Ananobi for a cheaper price now, potentially. I think it works the other way too, which is that if teams are holding their assets for Durant for the summer and don't want to trade for Ananobi, that just means that also just means Ananobi might not be getting traded before the deadline. So he's going to be there to be had during the summer. And over the summer, if you're the Knicks, as with every team, it's always easier to make trades during the summer. And for the Knicks, I don't want to, I feel bad always coming back to this, but 
like RJ becomes a lot more easily tradable in the summer. So, yeah, we'll see. Tyler Michaels, what's going on, Tyler? Uh, the price is too high for deadline role players. It seems to be right now, right? Because no one's trading for any of them. <laughs> um, and also, teams just like, like, it's weird. like I read today from Mark Stein, uh, who's like, there's been no indication that the Magic are want, want to trade Gary Harris. Like, why? I, I'm not doubting Mark Stein at all, but like, wh- like, why is that? Like, why don't the why don't the Pistons like want to trade? Bogey? Well, I guess that's different because they want to try to win next year. But like, yeah. So it's a it's a really dull market. Um. Anyway, uh, Tyler says keep assets and stay the course. Strong team chemistry. Just like I said about Randall and Tibbs this past offseason, sometimes the best move is no move. Well, you were right then. Uh, unlike some idiots uh, who may be sitting in front of a microphone right now. Um, there's a, that's why the last question I asked Benji before we got off or before he got off the, the post game last night. Would it, forget about specific players, forget about contracts and what the cost is and all that other stuff. Um, just like very generally, do you want the Knicks to make a move at this deadline or not? And he said, no. And I, I'm inclined to agree with him to a certain extent because like, you look at the rotation right now, you look at the fact that we have Evan Fournier sitting as the 10th man, breaking case of emergency, who the nice thing about Fournier is that like, literally any, any player in other than the centers, and we don't have to worry about the centers because we have three centers, any other player in the rotation goes down, any starter any of the three other bench guys, any of those players goes down, Fournier could just step right in. And th- they've constructed their team in such a way that they, like Fournier could just step into the minutes that are vacated. So in that way, Fournier is actually really the perfect breaking case of emergency guy off the bench, as opposed to like, if it was like a bigger, slower player, or if it was like Derek Rose, Derek Rose maybe wouldn't be able to fit in as easily. Um, Fournier can. So it's not like they're, like really lacking in in that sort of depth. Are they a little lacking in quality depth? Yeah, sure. Like you saw it last night. Like when Deuce, like Deuce didn't have a great game last night. Obi didn't have a great game last night. I'm willing to give him a pass for it. And like, you know, would a guy like Josh Hart or even like an Eric Gordon give you more consistency? Sure. You know, give you more shooting, give you more experience. I don't want to trade for that sort of player. Like, and I've waffled on this and I'm back. Like I've seen enough from this group. Let this group play it out. The, the one exception to that to me is Hart. If they could get Josh Hart, depending on the price, I'm, I'm just a big Josh Hart fan. I think Josh Hart's a really good, good ball player. I think he could be part of the right winning team. Um, I would just, I would be curious to kick the tires there if I could. Thanks, Tyler. I appreciate that question. That's really good. Joseph Brennan, thank you for the question and the contribution. Feels like OB is a victim of expectation. That's interesting. I would actually say, I would have said that about RJ, I think. If we took him 25th and IQ 8th, wouldn't we be excited about extending both? Rotation-worthy power forward who gives you shooting, high energy, high character for cheap. If they if those draft picks were reversed, oh my god, that just blew my mind because like I think the conversation around quickly would be very different. I think with how well quickly is played, I think we'd be talking about him in a very different way. Like, oh my god, have the Knicks found like their future, you know, third star or something like that? Um, maybe that's a little bit much, but. Yeah, and then for Obi, like just think about it. If he was drafted twenty fifth, because inevitably every conversation, and and not every conversation, because Randall, it didn't matter who was backing up Randall last year, people would have wanted that player to play over Randall the way Randall was playing. But pretty much, other than that, every conversation that involves Obi Toppin and Julius Randall starts with they spent the eighth pick in the draft on this guy. How could they not be playing him if it was the twenty fifth pick in the draft? Maybe that's a bit, a little bit of a different conversation. And then, as I say that, I hear myself saying that, and then I think of all of the all of the conversations about how is Emmanuel quickly not playing more minutes? How is Quentin Grimes not playing more minutes? Even how is not how is Deuce McBride not playing? So maybe I'm I'm 
maybe that's evidence against your point. I'm inclined to agree with you because I think for OB more than quickly and Grimes, for sure, it has always been more about the investment in him. Not to say that Obi has not done good things when he's been on the court, because he has. But I will also go back to what I've said in the past, which is that this is a player who is a, I think, is a unique fit. And you have to construct things just such, just so around him when he's on the floor to get the most out of him. And yeah. Yeah. And like when he plays 15 minutes and he plays well, that's a big deal to people because of the whole eighth pick thing. As opposed to if that was a 25th pick in the draft and he played eight minutes and he played well. I don't know if anybody would really say all too much. Presuming Randall's playing well. Sorry, that went on for a while. It's a good question. Dom Cappuccini, what's going on, Dom? Hey, John, considering the Knicks seem to be pulling back from OG Ananobi talks, um, do you get the sense that it is to, it is to wait for the offseason when they can pair RJ with two firsts and or another young player or another player? I should I, I added young. He didn't say young. Thanks for this, bro. Uh, my, my pleasure. Um, again, I'm, I, I'm low on RJ. I'm not giving RJ with with picks for OG Ananobi. I mean, are we really that down on RJ? I can't believe I'm the one asking that question. He struggled. I get it. He has struggled. He has not. I'm not. I'm not. It's not directed at you, Dom, because I, I think what you're pitching, I think a lot of people would be like, yeah, that's probably fair given how RJ has played. And then I, I want to take a step back and I want to try to zoom out and look at the bigger picture with RJ. Like, if you're Toronto like, and you're trading for, and here's the other thing. I don't, I don't, we don't know if like Toronto is that high on RJ, but like if a team is trading for RJ Barrett, they have to be trading for him because they want to take a chance on the ceiling. And I guess to a certain extent, they want to take a chance on a higher floor than we've seen this year. But I think mostly they would want to take a chance on the ceiling. So, I don't believe, I still believe that RJ possesses a higher ceiling than OG Ananobi. Um, now, the floor is much lower, I think. Others may disagree. So, you know, I, uh, or I, I don't know. It's just something that, that rubs me the wrong way about including picks plus RJ Barrett for, for a, a player with a lower ceiling. And he, what is that Ananobi? Is that Ananobi 25 or is he going to be 26 this summer and RJ is 22? I know it seems like he's been around forever, but he's still only 22. And I do think that that is important. And not just in a Kevin Knox joking sort of, oh, okay, he's only 21. No, I think it's more real with RJ. Thanks, Dom. I appreciate that very much. For over 30 years, the law offices of Weiss and Rosenblum in New York City has been home to a team of award-winning, hard-hitting injury attorneys who have a long track record of seven-figure results. Whether you've been injured in a car accident, fall, construction accident, or other traumatic event, Weiss and Rosenblum will work tirelessly to maximize the award, regardless of the severity of your injury, and get you and your family the fair and just compensation you deserve. Call Weiss and Rosenblum today at 212-366-6100. Again, that's 212-366-6100 or visit weissandrosenblum.com for more information. No case is too big or too small. Personal attention to your matter is a priority. Once more, call 212-366-6100. Previous results do not guarantee future outcomes. If you think you might have a case, speak with a veteran attorney, not a rookie. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, Knicks fans? This new year, you've got goals, and Factor is here to help you achieve each and every one of them. Save time and have the energy you need to tackle everything on your to-do list with Factor's ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. Get Factor and not only skip the trip to the grocery store, but skip the chopping, prepping, and cleaning up too. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are ready in just two minutes, so all you have to do is heat and enjoy. No matter what your lifestyle, Factor has the meals to help you live it to the fullest with keto, calorie smart, vegan veggie, and protein plus meals on the menu each week. Prepared by chefs and approved by dietitians, each meal has all the ingredients you need to feel satisfied all day long. With 34 chef-prepared, dietitian-approved weekly options, there's always something new to try. Plus, you can round out your meal and replenish your snack supply with an assortment of more than 36 quick bites, smoothies, juices, and more satisfying add-ons. Looking to cut back on takeout? Out, get Factor instead. Not only is Factor cheaper, but meals are ready quicker than restaurant delivery. Just two minutes. Also, eating vegan or veggie is a snap with Factor. Each meal has all the ingredients you want and nothing you don't. And if you're looking to mix it up, you can add a protein to your vegan and veggie meals each week. Get Factor and enjoy clean eating without the hassle. Simply choose and enjoy fresh, flavor-packed meals delivered to your door. Don't hesitate. Head to factormeals.com slash filmschool50 and use the code filmschool50 to get 50% off your first box. Again, that's factormeals.com slash filmschool50 to get 50% off your first box. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. Adam Heitner, if Hardenstein was to be traded, who do you think the Knicks target as another backup big? If Hardenstein was to be traded, I think it's it's a vote of confidence in... It's one of two things. I think it's a vote of confidence. In, it, it's Let me take a step back. I think it's absolutely a vote of confidence in Jericho Sims. I don't see another obvious big man target for them to get. I mean, some people have mentioned Nas Reed because not, I mean, Nas Reed shoots threes. So you're telling me you're going to swap out Hardenstein, who's been playing great and may have been dealing with, a, I guess, an Achilles injury for the whole beginning of the season. Possibly. We, I, you know, I, it's been reported that he was. How much of an effect it had on him and his poor play, we don't know. But like, you're going to tell me you're going to swap out Hardenstein, who's like become part of the fabric of your team and has had some big moments for you and is starting to do all the things that, or some, most of the things, many of the things. That you got him to do, just to just to get a trade for a backup big to put in that. I don't, I don't see it. Um, I think it would be a vote of confidence in Sims, and I think it would be an indication that they're going to lean more into small ball, which is not an indication that I have gotten at all. Nor have we gotten any indication that they are interested in trading Isaiah Hardenstein. So, and that doesn't mean they aren't, but we have not gotten any indication. Thanks, Adam. Uh, Kevin Danishevsky, what do you think the likelihood is that they buy out Cam? Oh my god, I, I almost fell off my chair. If they, <laughs> okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna say a sentence and then I'm gonna quickly follow it up with another sentence. 
if they can't trade him, I think they will buy him out. If they can't trade him, holy hell. Like, are you... Like, what would be the re... What would be the reason? Like, there is someone out there will offer you a second round pick for Cam. And I would be like, well, maybe the Knicks front office is so... Like, they so cannot swallow their pride that they refuse to trade him for, like, some team's shitty second round pick. But then you're left with the alternative, which is, as you bring up, to buy him out. Or, I suppose, the alternative to that would be let him sit and waste away on your roster. I don't think that's a situation you want to be dealing with. Like we've already heard the reports, he has no interest in like remaining here for the rest of the year. Like he, he wants to go somewhere. Um, and this organization has historically been very careful, I think, about pissing off agents. And I know, I know who Cam is represented by, and maybe that. Maybe that bridge is burned already. Perhaps, perhaps it was a bridge that was burning, and then when they traded for Cam, and they this happened, the the, the final embers, you know, um, lit up and, and evaporated into into thin air. I don't know, but like, so you're gonna tell me that they don't care if Clutch is pissed off at them? I don't know. Um, I don't think he's gonna be here after the deadline. If they whether they trade him or they buy him out. And I think they'll trade him. Yeah, OG's 25 and a half, by the way. He'll be 26 before next year. So three years younger than RJ. Um, Adam Heitner. I know we're talking trade deadline, but if the Knicks don't make any deadline moves, how do you expect the team to improve over the summer? What players do you expect to be on their watch list? Um, (laughs) That's not an all-encompassing question at all. Um, On their watch list, I mean, any star that asks out, or or is rumbling is there is rumblings about um will be on their watch list i anticipate that they will try to move barrett for said star i i suppose they can move randall for said star um So, yeah. Um, As far as non-star players on their watch list, I mean, we talked about Ananobi. Um, I don't really... Like, they're going to do something this summer. They're not... I, I would... I would be utterly shocked if they ran back the same team next year. Shocked. Completely and totally shocked if they ran back the same team. They're going to try to... Tinker, they're going to try to adjust. Like, if they can't get a star, I think they're going to try to further shore up the Brunson Randall two man core, so to speak. Um, but OG to me is the obvious name, and maybe Josh Hart. That's another one. The question earlier was like trade deadline discussions, laying the groundwork for the summer. Josh Hart is absolutely someone I could see them going after in the summertime if they didn't get him before this deadline. 100%. Uh, Busy, what's going on? Busy, how you doing, brother? Do you grade your students who are net fans on a negative curve? If not, you should. Have to teach them life lessons about making poor life choices. I got... I got... um, This is an actual real exchange I had with a student earlier today. Hey, because you're a Nets fan. Uh, Your boy had another nice game last night. Talking about Cam Thomas. And he was like, yeah, it was all right. It wasn't his best. I'm like, really? Um, and then he was like, you know, why? Why are. Like, he's I, I what did I, I said something like not downplaying Cam or whatever, but like I said something to the effect of like or he asked me something like, why? Why isn't Cam, you know, why can't he be this all the time? And I was like, well. There's a reason he fell in the draft. It's because he doesn't really pass it. He doesn't defend it or he doesn't defend uh, that much. And he thinks he's the best player on the floor. 
And then the student replied with, well, he is the best player on the floor. To which I was like, God bless. God bless the naivety of youth. Um, Cam Thomas is good, though. Uh, Jake Izzo, what's going on, Jake? Hey, John, when do you think the trade train starts? Tomorrow, right before the deadline, usually one move causes a bunch. I feel like we're going to get a deal today. And not just like one, like the the uh, like the spurt, like the Dwayne Dedman deal, or it was I think another cap clearing deal um, a day before that, or so, or set or uh, roster clearing move. I forget who made it, but like something. I think we get some substantive today before midnight. I think we'll get something. Somebody trying to get out ahead of the market. Some somebody feels like they are good enough to lay the land. Um. Will it be the move that is the first domino? I don't know about that. I think last year didn't... I think the Derek White trade was two days... was not the day of the deadline. It was either a day or two days before the deadline. And I didn't feel like that started a trickle, trickle-down effect. I think that was kind of in its own universe. I could see something like that happening. Um, which was kind of the Rui trade. Maybe that, maybe that was the, this year's version of the Derek White trade. I don't know. But I think we'll get some today. Thanks, Jake. Juanon, what's going on, Juanon? Thank you, as always, for your um, outstanding generosity. Appreciate it. Hypothetical, because it's never going to happen. Oh, boy. Fournier and Rose and Cam for... (laughs) We're really doing this? We're really going to do this? For Ben Simmons. Could Tibbs fix him? Defensive-minded coach. He looks washed, but he was a Defensive Player of the Year candidate. Curious on your thoughts. My thoughts are that Ben Simmons, to me, who is sitting, to be clear, on my couch watching Nets games, not anywhere near the Nets. Don't know anybody who's... I know people who are near the Nets, but like I don't talk to those people about Ben Simmons. I have not asked anybody who is in or around the Nets about like what it is like to be around Ben Simmons and what they see of him. To me, sitting on my couch... He does not strike me as an individual who is enthused about playing basketball right now. You, I don't care what abilities he has or had. You want to talk about a guy who's not a Tibbs type? That's not a Tibbs type guy. I don't think has. I don't think Tibbs has any interest in trying to fire someone up about being excited to play winning basketball. Um, I, I think. I think Ben Simmons is the worst contract in the league. And yeah, that's all. I wouldn't touch with a 10 foot pole. The worst contract until Kyrie signs his next contract. Thomas Jones, to follow up on Juanon, would Macri rather cheer for Ben Simmons or his hero, Russ? (sighs) Russ. Russ. This version of Ben Simmons. God, and knowing that we're paying him 30 some odd million dollars a year, I'd rather cheer for us. I'd rather, and here's the other reason why I'd rather cheer for us. And I, again, I, I obviously, the Thomas, you know what I think about Russ. He's not going to be on a max contract next year. So if we're really going to play this out and be realistic about it, let's say, fuck it, let's say the Knicks signed Russ to a mid level exception next year, right? I hope to God they don't do this, but let's just say for arguments sake they did. At whatever it is, 10 to 11 million dollars a year. Russ isn't going to be able. He doesn't. He's not going to have the cachet to submarine your team because he's not making forty million dollars. So you bring him off the bench. You basically do kind of what the Lakers are doing this year with him. Maybe a little bit of a lesser role. Play him as 15, 20 minutes a night. If he doesn't have it, play him even less. Um, like you know, again, he's not my cup of tea, but he still does things that help teams win. He also does things that help teams lose. But like, I'd rather that than watch Ben Simmons either play or. As somebody, I forget who said it on a recent podcast, it was either Low Post or Hoop Collective. Um, like every third game, like late scratch because of like fucking knee soreness or whatever other bullshit. No, pass. Russ plays. Robert Cross, what's going on, Robert? How are you, my friend? It's your boy, John. Does the Knicks front office and Tibbs deserve blame for the use devaluing of Cam, OB, et cetera? Hashtag 53 wins. Um, it's a very, very, very loaded question. Cam, no. 
I think the front office and Tibbs both deserve blame for not getting their shit on the same page before the cam trade to begin with. That's on them. As far as what happened since cam got here, I don't, I played maybe a little bit of blame on them, but like the minimal reasonable blame. OB. It's so it's, it's the Venn diagram of blame is so overlapping because of course, Tibbs is the one who's not playing him because of Tibbs' philosophies about how you win. But they also constructed a roster to fit Tibbs' philosophies. And playing Obi would, in some way, shape, or form, go against the roster that has been constructed. And oh, by the way, the front office who drafted Obi Toppin hired this coach with knowing his defensive philosophies and knowing that those things are never going to change. And they retained this coach when they could have fired him over a, a year ago. And they didn't trade Julius Randle when they had an opportunity to trade Julius Randle when he started playing well two and a half years ago. And then again, this past summer, I believe they could have if they wanted to. Again, I'm not saying they should have in retrospect, but it's why it's such a complicated conversation. And people who want to make it one-sided, that's why I have an issue. Because it's not, it's not a simple conversation. It's a multifaceted, multi-layered discussion. Um, but yes, they, and, 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 and I will say again, Obi deserves not blame, but like, I don't, I don't think Obi's as good as your typical eighth pick in the draft. I just, I, I just don't. Thanks, Robert. Bricks nation has a trade prediction. KD to the Suns for Aiton, Cam Johnson, Chamet, and two first round picks in 23 or 25. Well, for one, uh, we heard over the summer that the Nets aren't interested in DeAndre Ayton um, in a KD trade. Number two, um, where does that trade leave the Nets? Because um, the Nets seem to be wanting to win. That trade, I don't think, leaves them in a great place as far as trying to win games. In which case, if you're making that trade, which again, I don't think they do, you're not getting two first round picks. You're getting, you know, the the line at the end of the social network. I'm not coming back for whatever it was, thirty or forty percent. I'm coming for everything. Yeah, they're getting, they're getting the whole kit and caboodle. Okay, Andrew is telling me to shorten on my answers because we are running low on time. So I'm going to go through these kind of quick. Shooting stars, 2024. Nuggets interested in Cam and want to move Bones. What else would the Knicks have to give in that swap? At the very least, a protected first-round pick, and I'm not sure that gets it done. I wouldn't do that if I was the Nuggets. I was trying to win a championship this year. Sean Ford, thank you for the uh, generous contribution, Sean. On the last pod, Jeremy seemed to view a potential Utah trade through Brock Aller lens, but I wonder if it should be viewed through a Gerson Rosas one. Is there a difference in approach between the two and a potential split? Thanks, John. Um, I think it's different in that Gerson Rosas, I mean, we know what Brock Aller is. We know Brock Aller, what he cares about. He cares about contract flexibility. He cares about picks. He cares about all the nerd stuff, which is what he, he, that's what he's paid to care about. And it's very, it's vital to have someone in your staff that cares about that. Gerson Rosas is a more traditional NBA executive in that he, I know he's analytic. I think he's as a basis more in analytics, but like he's still in the talent evaluation business. Brock Gallagher doesn't evaluate talent. At least not that I know of. Maybe he does. Um, but, you know, so there's that difference. And I think part of the issue is that to sit here and try to try to parse out which Nick front office executive is having or it, it, you know bigger or lesser say is a fool's errand because who the hell knows? Because there's so many, there's a lot of different voices in there, and I think it's almost like it's not like the loudest voice wins, but I wonder if it's like. The not the person who comes up with the best argument, but like I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I have something in my mind, I, and I'm usually good at figuring out a way to say something, and I can't figure out a way to say what I'm thinking. But like, I'm sure there's a way that they like kind of break ties, but I don't. I can't even verbalize it. So, what does that tell you? Thanks, Sean. 
Robert Cross with another one. It's your boy, John. Does GMAC have concerns about extending cutlets coinciding with the meteoric rise of Coach um, Big Thread Ben? Wow, this is quite a question. How does he plan on handling this? Hashtag 53 wins. Uh, no one is going anywhere, Robert. That's Andrew's answer. Thank you for the generous contribution, my man. Robert Cross with another one. Um, <clears throat> it's your boy, John. The biggest issue with RJ, as you noted, is how he has been used in the past three and a half years. I didn't say that. I said his role has changed a lot, and I think the fact that his role has changed a lot has contributed to his inconsistency. I actually have very little issue with how he has been used on the court because I think they've all of the ways they've used him have made sense. But I do think that that role has changed. I want I, I want you I want to be very clear with my words here. Um. Fucking pinball bouncing around in a machine. Hashtag 53 wins. Look, again, I, I'm not... I'll make some excuses for this player. I'm not going over the top. Age, I'll give you. Changing role, I'll give you. That's about all I'm giving you. Uh, and uh, well, and he, I'm sure he's a little hurt by how the summer went. I'll give you that too. Monty Campos, random question. If Sims wins the dunk contest, are the Knicks the greatest dunk contest team ever? Thanks, KFS. Uh, so what do we got? We got Obi with the win. Did Kenny Skywalker win? Nate. Oh, my God. Nate. Nate Robin. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, they're the greatest. Now, the Raptors, I don't know I if they may have had somebody else win besides um, Vince. I don't. I don't know. And quite frankly, I don't really care. I think it comes down to like, what do you value making it the greatest, making them the greatest team ever? Like are the Raptors the greatest dunk contest team ever because they had the greatest dunk contest participant ever? I don't, you know, I don't know, but yeah, but by, I think reasonable parameters, you could say, sure. They might already be the greatest dunk contest team ever because of Nate Robinson. RJ team. Uh, hey Mac, what do you think the Wizards and Pistons protected picks are more valuable than the Knicks? Or do you think the Wizards and Pistons protected picks are more valuable than the Knicks unprotected picks if we add an OG type player? Absolutely not. Um, unless you're talking about like in like in the year, like for instance, let me try to think of a good example. Um, is the this is extreme, but like, <clears throat> is the Bulls protected pick this year, which is top four protected, more valuable than like the Suns unprotected pick this year? Actually, no. Well, Phoenix has kind of struggled, and they might no no sure bet to make the eventual playoff field. So maybe even that's a bad example. I'm trying to think of a good team that actually owns its pick this year. Um. The no, they don't think the Celtics do. Whatever, let Memphis. There we go, Memphis. That Bulls pick, which the Magic own, is more valuable than the Memphis unprotected pick because the Memphis unprotected pick, you know, is not going to be a great pick, and the Bulls pick is probably going to be pretty good, even though it's top four protected. And I would say that even if the Bulls pick was top eight protected, I would still say this year's Memphis unprotected pick would be better than a Bulls, again, top eight or, or nine protected pick this year. Once you start going out, even one year out, to say nothing of two years out and three years out and four years out, and do you know how I know this is true? Look around the fucking league at some of the trades that have been made in the last few years where teams traded away kitten caboodles worth of unprotected picks under the thought process like, oh, it's fine. We'll be good for a while. Well, Life comes at you fast in the NBA. Unprotected picks are worth their weight in gold. Um, protected picks are not. Good question, though. Hayden Freed, do you believe in conference division tax for trades? Hope the Knicks send OB West. I don't even know what conference division tax for trades could refer to. Um, so I'm not sure how to answer that. Like, you pay more oh i think i know what you mean like to trade it's going to cost you more to trade a player in conference because you'll see that player eh no not in the nba 
maybe in the NFL where it seems like it's a little bit more personal. I don't think so in the NBA. I think you make the best deal you can. Superstars are too important. Rodney Atkins, do you think that we need an upgrade in the scouting department? Um, I think they've drafted pretty well. Not, not perfect, but they've drafted pretty well. And I have my suspicions about why the OB pick was made over the Halliburton possibility. Um, and then like scouting outside the draft, like Evan Fournier came here and he was what Evan Fournier always was. Um like Kemba Walker was injured. You know, they, they hoped it wouldn't rear its ugly head. It did. Um, no. Sp- uh, Spider-Man NYK. Thank you. Shout out KFS. First super chat ever. Yeah. Hashtag let's go next. Congratulations. Thank you, man. Thank you. Appreciate the contribution. Kevin Danishevsky, Cam Obi, um, Evan, throw a protected first in for... I think that says Durant. <laughs> Thanks, Kev. Yeah, we'll call we'll I'll call that one into Brooklyn right now. Good stuff. Appreciate it. Um all right, we're out. Hope you guys had a good time. Uh watch a trade goes goes down right after I get the hell off of here. Uh Jeremy and me will be back for the trade deadline special tomorrow at 2 p.m. sharp. Do not be late. Also, Jeremy, tonight, cream. Cap rules cap, cap rules everything around me. That is at Andrew. Text me what time that is. I want to say it's it's Durkant. Oh, Durkant. I get it. Can't stay healthy. Um, it's at seven o'clock. Seven o'clock. Cream. Tune in to Jeremy for that. And if the Knicks actually do make a trade, I'll probably sneak my way onto there. Um, but not holding my breath. All right. See you really, everybody. Peace out. When you make decisions for your company, you always look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing and shipping to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your process to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, books, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart if you sell online, schedule package pickups through the dashboard, and automatically see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers with rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are, even on the go. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other business decision makers with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.